Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Today, we conclude my conversation with Daniel Darling, author, podcaster, and director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Daniel speaks into culture from a Christian viewpoint, and we're so glad to have him on the program today. We're back with Dan Darling, who has a new book, Characters of Creation, The Men, Women, Creatures, and Serpent Present in the Beginning of the World. This is a fantastic book, Dan. I had a chance to read it over the weekend, and it just gives a great look at creation. Would you care to maybe give people kind of an overview of the book and why you wrote it? Well, this is part of the series I've written. Characters of Christmas was the first one, and then Characters of Easter, and then now Characters of Creation. I mean, I first of all, I've always loved character profiles in scripture. When I was a kid, I'd uh, grew up listening to Moody Radio. I listened to Chuck Swindoll, and he oh, did yeah. these amazing preaching series on the characters of the Bible, Abraham, David, Joseph. And I just ate that up, and we would share them, all me and my friends and all of that. Um, and I've always loved narrative and biography. And look, the Bible is, you know, it, it has propositional truths, but it's also about a, a book of narratives, of stories. And I've always been fascinated by here are ordinary human beings who are swept up in the story of redemption. And uh, the first 11 chapters of Genesis to me is so important. Uh, I, I really feel like if you want to understand the world, if you want to understand who you are, why you're here, why the world is so messed up and where we're going, I think you've got to understand Genesis. It, it's so important. And I think to fully understand the Bible, you got to understand Genesis. If, right. to, to understand a storyline, to understand what's happening. It, it's fascinating. So I really wanted to give people a sense of that by talking about the different characters in those first 11 chapters. You think of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, Noah and his sons, uh, even strange characters like the Nephilim, who are these people, or uh, <laughs> right. Satan. You know, Where does Satan originate? And what are some myths we believe about the serpent? Things like that. So I Hopefully, it helps people really dig into Genesis and uh, get a good understanding of, of Scripture. I think that's great. Now, we live in a world where people wonder whether or not these people were real people or figurative. And mm -hmm. you do address that, don't you? I do. I mean, I think there's a lot of things about Genesis we can disagree on as Christians. And the church has disagreed on, right, uh, for the last couple of thousand years in terms of, you know, how exactly old is the world, is the earth? We, we I think good people can fall on different sides of that, but there are some things that have to be true in order for the, the Bible storyline to, to fit and make sense. And I do think a real Adam and Eve have to be true for a number of reasons. I think number one, Moses, who let's not forget, Moses was educated yes, he was. Uh, in the greatest civilization at the time, the greatest education. Moses believed Adam and Eve were true. Uh, he was learned, a scholar. So in writing Genesis, he assumed and believed Adam and Eve were true. Jesus refers to Adam and Eve. And Jesus yes. assumed Adam was 
was a real person. And then, of course, Paul, and let's not forget, Paul was a Hebrew scholar. Right. And in Romans and Corinthians, he refers to Adam as by one man sent into the world. When he's talking to, on Mars Hill, when he's talking to a secular audience. Right. He, he says from from one man came all of humankind. And, and so I'm just saying, I don't know that I know more or, or, or I'm more enlightened today than Moses, and Jesus and Paul. You say, well, they didn't have access to the evidence and all this stuff we have. Well, OK, so I, I think those things have to be true. And also, it gives me great comfort. To know that all of humankind originated in one couple and uh, Adam and Eve, it means that as different as I am from a lot of people. Uh, we're not as different as we think. And I think it really, the Bible, is, it's kind of in some ways a unifying story of, of how hu- humans came about. And so I think as Christians, we can believe with confidence that Adam and Eve were real. They're the first, first couple, the fountainhead of, of the human race. And I don't think we have to really be embarrassed by that. That's so good that you said that because most of the time when you hear people who are skeptical discuss Genesis, in particular, these passages, they say, well, educated people are smarter than that. And it's funny that you just mentioned Moses, Paul. I mean, people who were respected in their day who pointed to these personalities as legitimate people. And I thank you for for pointing that out because, you know, people need to hear that. Uh, So many times uh, people who are uh, Christians, they get maybe made fun of or chided a little bit because it can seem to someone who's outsider that's a little bit distant for them. But at the same time, we're grounded in truth and we're grounded in something that holds up. Yeah, I, I think so. Again, Genesis tells us a lot. And I, I'm just amazed by the Bible's, the rich language in Genesis to talk about, you know, for instance, how humankind came to be, or, or, to talk about humanity. I mean, the entire creation narrative is God speaking into existence the world, which, which is, first of all, just an amazing statement. The Bible begins not with what I think about God, or it begins with this statement, in the beginning, God, <laughs> you know. God is, and he, he, he's in the beginning. He was already there. The creation narrative, God speaks the world into existence, mm-hmm. but then Moses slows down his, his storytelling and uses great precision and rich language to describe the creation of human beings, to say that God reaches down with his hands and sculpts humans from the dust of the ground, breathes into humans the breath of life, and stamps on humans his image uh it says that a first kind of hint at the trinity uh, let us make man in our image in other words it implies a such a deliberation and care for the creation of humans that you don't see with any other part of creation so making a statement that of of all of his creation humans are his prized creation you see this in psalm 139 where david talks with painstaking detail about the care that goes into knitting and crafting every human being in the womb. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can go to the Bible to see perhaps the most robust vision of what it means to be human. Um, You know, you see traces of this in other philosophies, but the Bible has the fullest and most robust vision of what it means to be human and not just what it means to be human, 
and why we have dignity, but also what's wrong with us. Right. You know, all of us, I think all of us would acknowledge nobody would look around and say, yeah, things are as they should be, you know. Right. And I um, noticed that you had you include a real Satan, which in some traditions and in some philosophies allegorize him. So mm-hmm. I thought that was great that you also included that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And it, what's what's interesting about that is I don't actually think most people disbelieve in a Satan because I mean, if you think about our popular um, movies and stories, there's always an evil protagonist. Is there not? This is what's so fascinating to me. We're supposedly in a secular age, right? But look at, look at our great pieces of art, the Marvel movies, right? Harry Potter, right? Star Wars, Star Wars. They all involve essentially the same storyline even even the inane like princess movies and Barbie stuff and all that, they all involve this the same storyline that the world was once good, something happened to to mess it up, and we need someone outside of ourselves to save us who's who's kind of like us but not really, and <laughs> I think that's God writing the gospel in people's hearts, and because that's what the story of the Bible says that the world was once good, something happened. You know, we call it sin. Something happened that profoundly distorted the human experience. We call that sin. It has marbled itself into every human experience. And then the Bible says that uh, God already has a plan to restore humans, uh, just restore the human race, to restore the planet. And you have this sort of, you know, Genesis 3.15, which kind of sets the tone for the rest of Scripture, that the seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent, and of course, Jesus being triumphant over sin, death, and the grave uh, in his death and resurrection. So I, I think Christians need to really be confident of this story, that when we go out into the world, we can say, look, you may not believe the Bible, but, but if you really understood and you really entered what the real story of the Bible is telling, you'll wish it was true. You may right. not think it's true, but you wish it was true because you want and you long for a story that's like this. That's beautiful. And that's so well put because you're right. People are searching. They are searching for this. Mm-hmm. We are created by God. We are have the Imago Dei. We are perfectly and wonderfully made. And there's a part of us that yearns to know God even before we do. And you're right. When before we can really grasp and understand that you see people's art and you see their philosophy reaching towards it, sometimes getting someone in the, in the vicinity, but it's so important as with this book that we actually get there to the actual characters of creation, God, creation, man, sin, redemption, restoration. These are all the, the great narratives that are part of our faith. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. We're almost out of time. If you had to say to somebody real fast, you should read the characters of creation because you would say. Well, I would say this. This is my favorite, I think, part of of writing this. Um, When God goes searching for for Adam after Adam has fallen, Adam and Eve have sinned, either naked and now they're ashamed, they're hiding uh, and trying to cover their sin, which is a natural response. Whenever we sin, we hide, we we're, we feel ashamed. And the words that, you know, God says to Adam, where are you? Uh, it strikes me that God was not, God didn't lose Adam. 
No, he didn't. He wasn't like he wasn't like me with my kids at the mall where it's like, oh, oh no, where's my kids? <laughs> right. You know, God knew where Adam was. He knew he saw Adam in it, but he went looking for him. At, at Adam's worst moment. Think about it. Adam saw creation before the fall. Now he has to experience it after the fall. He he could immediately see the consequences of his of his sin. You know, James says when sin conceives, it brings forth death. And yet God came to Adam in his worst moment. And really, you could you could those are words of grace. Adam, where are you? And in a sense, it's all of our story that God came looking for us. Uh, C.S. Lewis calls God the hound of heaven. Uh, it's really the story of scripture. Where are you? Uh, Paul says in Romans that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He came looking for us while we were in our worst moment. And I just want to say to anybody listening, anybody reading the book, in your worst moments, Jesus came looking to save you. And those are the people he seeks after. Uh, he's seeking you. He could, God could have abandoned his creation. He could have said, I'm done with this, but he went after Adam to save him. And I just find that so compelling. I could not think of a better ending for this conversation. Uh, Dan, thank you for our conversation today. And uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. We want to thank Dan Darling for taking the time to speak to us today. For more information about Dan Darling, you can find him at danieldarling.com or on Twitter at Dan Darling. Be sure to check out his series, The Characters of Creation, The Characters of Christmas, and The Characters of Easter, in addition to his other books on Amazon and other book retailers. Finally, you can check out Dan on his own podcast, The Way Home, that you can find on Apple and other podcast platforms. Thank you again for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.